everyone, and welcome once again to Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And I'm Aaron. And it's joining us, uh, our special guest on this episode, which is the first of Season 2 of Blackadder, or Blackadder 2, as I will probably refer to it. Um, and and if you recall, because you've all been listening to these in order, uh, joined us for one of our Young Ones episodes and has graciously agreed to come back um, and uh, endure us once more as we watch an episode of Blackadder. So thank you, Anne. You're welcome. Um, so we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but, uh, and do you remember anything about when you saw Blackadder for the first time? I really don't. I just remember that I, it had to be you and me watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, all I remember was going, oh, it's Mr. Bean. <laughs> um, have you seen any of Mr. Bean? No. I mean, I've seen Mr. Bean, like you see him in sketches and stuff, but it's like mm-hmm. you've never really sat down and watched a Mr. Bean show or something. Is there a Mr. Bean show? It's a TV show, right? I don't really know. I don't I, I don't think I've seen very much of it, if if any. Whenever I, I, I try I feel, to I feel like you're not missing that much. I mean <laughs> it's I mean it's he's great with physical comedy and I appreciate that very much so. And, you know, I feel like he, he would fit in, in the silent film era as well, but like, you know, um, he, he's brilliant at the form, which I, um, feel like has, um, limited appeal. <laughs> I just, um, I just feel like I come into British comedy a little weird. It's kind of like that show shining time station where um, I think it was Ringo Starr was Mr. Conductor, and I really didn't know who he was. So I was like, oh, it was um, the same with, I, with uh, Carlin. He was also in it, and I had no <laughs> idea who he was either. I remember I remember my, my senior year, I think it was your freshman year, when I had a poster in my up on my wall of, uh, of Carlin of, like, you know, all the, all the euphemisms and dirty words and stuff like that. And I think, you know, you saw the poster, and you only knew him from Shining Time Station, so I felt like I... I I'm not sure if I should have felt guilty over that or not. Uh, it would be like it'd be like seeing Lenny Bruce pop up in a kids show. It's just, you know. Um, I, I would like sure. to see that. All of those words, yeah. though, it was like all <laughs> the words you can't say, and I was oh, like, yeah. "What the heck? That's not Mr. Conductor." <laughs> you know, it, it'd be like you know um, hearing Mr. Rogers say the F word. It just, you know. Um, there's that picture going around of him flipping somebody off. Mr. Rogers? Yeah, in a clearly good-natured way. Yes. Oh. It's a very long middle finger. Wow. Mm. <laughs> so, he, um, no, no, he's just saying, won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> all right. If that's how you do it, great. Uh-huh. Um, so you've, you're aware of Mr. Bean in some way. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything else you would have seen Rowan Atkinson in. What else uh, has he been in? I mean, uh, well, you, you've heard him in The Lion King. What? Yeah, that's true. He was, he was Zazu. He was the uh, the uh, toucan. Oh, I had no idea. And did we say he was in Four Weddings and a Funeral? As one of the priests, perhaps? Oh, yeah, wasn't he the one of the priests that kept doing everything wrong? I believe he was. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so you, I've seen him. So you've seen him a little. Um, I think you probably watched Blackadder with me on my VHS tapes when I had those. Yeah, I know. I think we watched the whole thing, like all, all the seasons. Mm-hmm. But I, feel I like, literally remember almost nothing about it. I feel like that was when we lived on the other side of the country. Yeah, something about Adric? Is there an Adric in it? <laughs> That's in Doctor Who. Oh, although, wow. Although Rowan Atkinson kind of played... The doctor didn't he have a little weenie sidekick? He did Baldrick. That's Baldrick. Who you're there we go. Okay. You oh, probably see, I, remember I thinking, Percy too. Oh my God! He's the Tony one with Robinson no head. Adric. No head. I don't know. I just for some <laughs> reason I think of him getting decapitated. I have no idea why. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there are decapitations. I think in this season. I know yes. Queenie. I remember Queenie. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, Nursey uh, is in this as well. No idea. Uh, and then Stephen Fry is in it as Lord Melchit. Oh, wow. Don't remember that. 
you'll remember Percy. I, I seem to think that you like appreciated him or pitied him or something. Who played him? Because I can see him in my head, but uh, I don't know who it is. Tim McInerney. You'll recognize him as soon as you see him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you have some awareness of this series that we've seen, and you've almost certainly seen this episode before, and you'll probably remember it when it comes up. Um, but what else did I want to say about this? Oh, so you mentioned Queenie. Um, as we'll see, of course, Queenie is played by Miranda Richardson. Yes. Uh, which is, I, I don't know, feels like a pretty big get for the show, but I can't remember how famous she was at that particular time. This was pre The Crying Game, for what that's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think was the first thing I saw her in. Oh, she was, she was in that? Yeah, she was like the villainous woman who like traps Forrest Whitaker. Ah. And then it yeah. eventually tries to kill Stephen Ray. Yeah. yeah no, I, I know the first uh, I know the first thing that I saw her in was this. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't remember if I saw this before college. I feel like I probably didn't. Um, you know, I, I wonder I wonder how many people saw Harry Potter first and you know uh, knew her as Rita Skeeter before. Uh, oh, that's true. Oh, that's who she is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you'll remember most of the rest of them. Um, so this one, of course, takes place during the Elizabethan era, obviously, because it has Queen Elizabeth in it. Um, and Jeff and I have been talking in the last season about how how Weasley Blackadder is in the previous season, in, in the first season of The Blackadder, um, and how he's just kind of like this little weenie bastard prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we'll see, of course, he changes his persona quite a bit uh, in this one, um, and it's probably the most appealing version of himself, I think. Uh, He's certainly the highest, the highest status, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the fact that uh, there, there's usually hint of at least some attraction between him and and uh, and the queen in places. In terms of the the amount that he can belittle people, you know, uh, third season as the butler, he is. Um, uh, uh, I was going to say not so much a Jeevan Wooster type thing, which is funny considering um, Hugh Laurie in there. But uh, that is but exactly what I was thinking of, though. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's not quite the same thing, but again, it's the fact that you know he's still he he's being a little more deferential, even though still obviously getting his digs in. And then World War One, it's just um, you know every it's kind of a, a um, uh, sardonic wit born of the the feudalism, the, the futility and hopelessness of the of the war. Yep. Um, we'll get there though. We'll, let's not yeah. get ahead of ourselves. We have yeah. plenty of time to talk about that later. Um, and I wanted to ask you, I know that I've inflicted a lot of TV shows on you, a lot of British TV shows. Is there one that you hate the most? A British TV show? That I've made you watch or watched in your presence. Oh yeah. It's the one with fetus man. <laughs> She's talking about Blake Seven, everyone. I was going to guess that. I'm like, that could also be Doctor <laughs> Who, depending on the episode. But I had a strange feeling well, it was going to be Blake Seven. F- funnily enough, they used the same puppet in both Doctor Who and uh, Blake Seven, the identical one in <laughs> two episodes. At, at a curiosity, I, I want to say which, three, but I think it was just the two. I'm, I'm curious which. Uh, which in in here. Blake Seven, I. I'm trying to remember the name of the episode. It's like the fifth I one. I want to say it's the web. One? Well, I mean, all right. Mm-hmm. And for who? For who it's the doomsday weapon, or I think it's called colony in space on the show. Huh? Interesting. Yep. Why would they do that to us? Um, they just, it's the BBC. So they have to reuse everything that they make. And if they make a, uh, a figure as compelling as fetus man, they have to reuse it somehow, you know, to get their money's worth. You know, I have to say for Blackadder, though, you know, just thinking to what extent that they were able to reuse sets and things from uh, from other uh, period shows for oh, uh, true for this. I mean, well, you know, it was certainly the case in the first season, which was shot more, you know, on film and made to look like a a BBC documentary at the time, whereas this one plays a little more like uh, like a direct sitcom, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even so, just looking at the costuming and things like that, that you know, um, clearly they're 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 able to play with things that were potentially written uh, created for other things as well. I'm not sure, maybe for Queenie's outfit, but certainly I I, I don't think, I mean, I imagine Edmund's outfit uh, was tailor made for that 
for him, I would think. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask one more question before we get into the episode. Um, and it's just the reverse of the previous one. Is there any British show that I've inflicted on you that you liked more than you thought you would? Remind me of some of them. So Doctor <laughs> Who. Doctor Who, uh, absolutely fabulous, probably. No, I Red saw Dwarf. that before you. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Red Dwarf. I've, ne- I've only seen like one episode of that. Mm. I would never have shown you that because I don't really like Red Dwarf. Yeah. Well, uh, really? I mean, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I I, think... I'm not too surprised that you're not a- as much a fan, but I figured maybe at least a few of the early season episodes. Yeah, Here's the thing. Okay. I don't like science fiction or fantasy or any of that. I know Gasp. Mm-hmm. Um, I like sitcoms and I like comedy. And so some of the British shows that I saw, I, I liked before I even met you. Uh, mm-hmm. Are you being served? I, I was, was thinking about that. that. Yep. I was going to guess that. Thousand percent, yeah. I enjoy watching those shows with you. Um, it's very comfort TV. What about the prisoner? Did you did you inflict the prisoner? I figured that that could I, be a uh, probably not intentionally. Potentially. No, it's, I I wouldn't pay attention to that. Like I yeah. get really bored really fast. It's a hundred percent not her thing. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Are there any? funny british stuff that you should that you've shown me i i don't I mean, know if i've ever tried to show you be, python we've seen python together a uh, little bit mm-hmm. and that Towers. you know i've never seen that and i've wanted to um i think i think blackadder might actually be the funniest british thing that you've shown me oh that's oh, good a, that's very wait, that we bodes very well what about yeah. young ones we didn't even mention that i mean i saw young we ones before i even met you guys so I didn't really count that as something he showed me because oh, okay. I already knew about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about her Young Ones tie-in last season. If folks who are listening really want to know, they should go back to that episode and listen to it because it was a lot of fun. Go ahead. <laughs> we'll wait. <laughs> you can pause the podcast right now and go listen to that. Uh, welcome back from listening to that episode. Uh, we are going to get started now unless anybody else has anything else they want to say. Okay. So what we are going to do is get our uh, copies or, or streaming services or whatever of the episode, which is called Bells. It's the first episode of Blackadder 2. We're going to get ready, and I'll count down, and we'll all start at the same time. So we have our copies ready to go. Um, and we discovered in doing this, um, naturally enough, that different versions of it are, they start at different places. So if you're using, for example, Prime Video, um, you might have to start it a little bit sooner. Uh, if you're watching this on BritBox, you won't have to. Basically, we're all going to press go at the screen that says Rowan Atkinson as. So if you're at that screen, hit pause and we'll be ready to go. So I'll say three, two, one, play, and we'll all hit play at the same time. Three, two, one, play. I keep forgetting to go back and see what the iClaudius opening looks like, uh, but it's this, right? Well, <laughs> without in, this in part. terms of a snake, I mean, the color scheme isn't even close, but I mean, the... Thematically, it seems similar enough. And uh, spoilers, I, Claudius does not have a electric guitar. <laughs> that poor snake. Welcome to life under COVID. (laughs) 
This is already funnier than uh, most of the first season. <laughs> She's been working from home. It's interesting, it didn't start with Edmund. William Shakespeare's Blackadder. <laughs> Here's Percy. Of course, he's slightly unrecognizable. Should have worn a codpiece. I rest my case. Ah, oh, which means the third and fourth season Baldricks are not direct relatives. <laughs> Didn't take him the whole season this time. <laughs> oh, he's really creepy this time. Did you say he's creepy this time? Blackadder? Oh yeah, he's, he seems creepy to me. <laughs> oh yeah, I like Percy. That, that forehead. <laughs> I'll tell you a Royster Doyster story after this.
Mrs. Miggins, who gets mentioned a lot in the season, but doesn't show up until <laughs> season three. Stephen Fry. Miranda Richardson. I love that she's playing cup and balls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How many times have we quoted that line? <laughs> A lot. Can we talk about the quality? Why is it so bad? <laughs> uh, what do you mean? Like, I know it's old, right? How old is it? 80s? Yeah, it looks like it's from the like 70s quality wise well here i think they're deliberately they're shooting it on film and they're probably making it a little soft focus to be I mean, romantic right I mean, well this is it's supposed to look like a um old tv commercial right for advertising oh okay romantic songs it, and stuff it still looked a little weird when they get back to the normal stuff so it was strange yeah film versus video is a big thing in British well, I thought shows. they used Does he know she's a girl? Not yet. Oh my. A little death, perhaps. <laughs> the beaches.
got against weasels. <laughs> I wonder how you say leech in German. <laughs> was last season. <laughs> what a jerk. Oh, he's doing it. Doing what? Leeches. <laughs> I was convinced this was Tracy Ullman at one point. It's not. <laughs> Let's see that. That's one of my favorite jokes in the whole show. It's delivered. The timing is perfect on that. Mm -hmm. Was she in the first season? I'm pretty sure we've seen her elsewhere in Blackadder. Maybe she's one of the witches. Worth noting, she is wise <laughs> because he never said the word Bob. How did she know? <laughs> All manservants are named Bob. That's canon.
You know, Total Recall, she's got a face underneath <laughs> there. I, I love the use of recorder <laughs> there. than Fred. <laughs> I like their relationship. looking at his pipe. I didn't know there were hobbits in England at that point. <laughs> I love Stephen Fry's line readings, too. <laughs> yeah. Grin. <laughs> she looks slightly Carol Kane-ish when she does that. Bernard? Oh, God. Oh, no. Why? The Is fact that... that he's not wearing any under tunic. <laughs> I don't know if I love that fact. Do we think <laughs> this is Rowan Atkinson's real hair or is it a wig? I think it's his real hair. Oh no, Percy, no. He's really dumb, isn't he? Yep. <laughs> Holy macaroni. <laughs> How could he be that dumb? <laughs> Don't know. A lot of inbreeding since the first season. Percy reminds me of somebody, and I feel like it might be Morrissey. <laughs> what? I'm not going to comment on that. I'm just going to laugh. 
<laughs> Lord. Jeez. It's the old man from scene 24. <laughs> He's a villain. Ladies and gentlemen, the Virgin Queen. <laughs> yeah, I think the fact that he's a bastard in this one makes his comeuppance easier to swallow as opposed to the first one where it just feels painful in places. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that joke never gets old. <laughs> Milk it. Squeak. <laughs> One never pictures Queen Elizabeth squeaking. <laughs> I do now. What hey, kids, it's Rick Mayall. <gasps> Is it really? Yep. What's his character's name? Lord Flashheart. Oh my god! <laughs> it's funny, Rick usually ends up somewhat put upon. But even high status like this, it's still recognizably him. Yeah. Good. 
This is so weird and out of, like... I don't know. Oh, my. Oh, no. I love the fact that her her crown is uh, falling out. Basically, held it barely holding on. He's in the dress. <laughs> what yeah, the they heck? they realize they feel more comfy in the other clothes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, in the first season, he gets married and it sticks. It doesn't stick in this one. Nope. It's a lot more crude than I thought it was, like, <laughs> from what I remember. So in this, this season, is also, I think you were going to say what I was going to say. Yeah, that in this season, the fact that the uh, the uh, the words, the lyrics change from episode to episode, as opposed to one single uh, set of lyrics for the entire season. Well, that was bells. Uh, what did we think? Um, Anne, why don't you why don't you go first? Uh, well, I was saying before is that like it's a lot more crude than I remember it being. <laughs> yep. Like, I don't remember Flash Heart at all, but I love Rick Mayall. But then I just see Drop Dead Fred. So, uh, <laughs> it was funny. Um, is this, so this is different than you remember the, the show being? Um, no, I mean, it feels familiar. Like, I've seen it, you know what I mean? But, mm -hmm. Um, especially like Percy, I like Percy, but I think I remember this, the season where they're in like world, one of the world wars. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I remember most. So yeah, but it's, yeah, it feels the same. Um, and you said that you found, uh, found him a little creepy in this. Tell us more about what you meant there. Yeah. He's like a lech. Well, he seemed <laughs> like a lech. I don't know. I mean, no, no, it's no, no, it's leech, leech. <laughs> I mean, you said he's supposed to be a villain, so that kind of adds up. It's kind of an antihero, uh, yeah. I guess. In everything except the fourth season, he's he's always this uh, at least kind of a troublemaker, if not an outright sort of villain schemer. Yeah. You know. Well, and it's it's interesting if you think of the episodes this season. Uh, like in some of them, you know, where, where, I mean, this one I think is actually where he's maybe on the most, uh, on that, on that side. And then there's ones where, it, where it fits more like the first season where he's being put upon the, uh, the, the, um, money, for example, later on, I think is one where the others are actually pretty cruel to him at one point, but that's mm -hmm. actually his own hubris getting in the way, I suppose. Um, uh, but yeah, and there's there is that the the thing where uh, just as in the last season he was kind of like plunged into the uh, intrigue of the Middle Ages where you kind of have to be a little bit scheming to survive, and in this one it's sort of the same thing because he's in the he's he's in court and has to retain the favor of the queen if he wants to keep his head. And and certainly as as Miranda plays it, that I mean. That she is so mer mercurial that the slightest thing all of a sudden would be boom off with her head, you know. Uh, um, so, and and what she wants can change potentially from minute to minute. So there's yep. th there is certainly an uh, there's certainly some menace. Not so much in this one, obviously, because she's fawning for the most part over this. But but you see that much more as the season goes on. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, the reason I was a little surprised at you saying that, Anne, is that um, I think he looks pretty good in this one. Uh, he's He's got, you know, the hair and the beard, I think, uh, make him look a little dashing. And he's got the, the outfit and everything, uh, which doesn't really happen in the other seasons as much. Uh, it's a sharp contrast to last season where he was like a wormy little dude. But still just Rowan Atkinson, you know? He still feels like a wormy little dude. I, <laughs> I think it's his expressions that uh-huh. do it. And his nose, I think, that more than his everything else. I see. But you like uh, Lord Flashheart. Yeah, he's out of control. Like, he, he doesn't <laughs> feel like he even belongs in the show at all. <laughs> like, he's it's... such slapstick and such crude humor. Like, it's weird. It's funny you say that because I forget if I was reading it or if it was in uh, a documentary that Jeff and I started watching, but uh, my understanding, or maybe this is another one from Wikipedia, which is uh, basically our source for everything on this podcast, but -hmm. apparently he and Rick Mayall were kind of rivals on set. Like they would sort of outdo each other and and upstage each other. Um, So whenever he showed up, he would, he would basically just try to take over the whole show. So that huge performance, I think, is is part of that. It's it's funny that, you know, uh, part of that documentary was Stephen Fry talking about, uh, I, I don't know if you saw it, that was the one section that was kind of missing, but they had a separate section that was just kind of Stephen Fry. A- and he was talking about just how uh, that Rowan and, and Rick were, were two of the people that he, he thought were the most brilliant British comedians, even though they come from very different places that... Um, that you know, uh, Rowan could disappear into different characters, into you know the different versions of Blackadder, into Mister Bean, and and uh, and the things that he does. Whereas uh, Rick was always some variant of Rick, and yet, <laughs> and yet, and yet, and yet, you know, as we talked about with the young ones, him being kind of the most interesting person, I think, in the in the room. It's kind of like while he's there, the rest of the narrative almost deforms around him, um, mm-hmm. and it's a fascinating thing both here and, of course. Um, uh, light spoilers uh, he and Gabriel Glenister also um, Bob uh, make appearances in the fourth season as well and so it's interesting to compare and contrast and contrast that when they show up too oh interesting yeah I remembered he showed up again yeah well she's in two episodes of the fourth season and he's in one of them um, huh. featuring another uh, young ones alum as well Ooh. Oh, that, oh yes I know who you mean mm-hmm. yeah age shows up in that season yes uh, and before I forget, real quick, a, a remark about the Black Seal from last time. Uh, the uh, Three-Fingered Pete, I think was his name, the archer mm-hmm. that they were recruiting. I didn't recognize him, but that is, of course, uh, Right Bleeding Bastard <laughs> from Bomb uh, in The Young yes. Ones. Oh, that's funny. Uh, the TV detector man. Yeah, I, didn't, I did not detect on TV that. I did not recognize I him either. I kind of made that work. I didn't make that work. Never mind. Um, I, I just kept on rolling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fair, fair enough. Uh, uh, and is there, uh, so you, uh, you remembered Percy when you saw him as well. Um, once he got is, the beard is, off. Is he, is he like you remember him? Um, he seemed more ditzy. <laughs> like a little more dumb, but I, I literally can't remember him being smart at all. Yeah, I think that is accurate. Baldrick felt the same to me. Yep. It kind of is always the same, Baldrick. He doesn't change a whole lot from season to season. Well, no, I mean, the, the first season, he's the first season he's probably the oh. smartest one of the three. But after no, you're that, right, you're yeah, right. Then after that, he's dumb as a post. Um, per, but he's the lower class twit, whereas uh, Percy is the upper class twit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that contrast. That is another big difference between last season and this mm. season. Um, and then the quality of the sets, too. <laughs> that bent door that uh, Flashheart throws Percy through. Uh, mm-hmm. d- definitely, it's a very cramped courtroom. Uh, and Blackadder's uh, quarters are a little bit cramped as well. Uh, but then we got that hovel at the very beginning. And then we got that outdoor scene where they're running around and, and said it looked terrible. <laughs> Well, and which well, it kind of did. The yeah. whole episode looked, actually looked like, like they didn't save it in good quality. 
Oh, probably true, yeah. Since maybe it was on film versus if it were on, like, video, it might be better. I don't know. I think there is a remastered version somewhere. Um, maybe some of our listeners are watching on that. But I don't think the one that I saw was remastered. It's probably special effects, you know, like extra Ewoks in the background and stuff <laughs> like that. I, I, don't, I don't cotton with that sort of thing. Sorry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> extra Ewoks in Blackadder. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Uh, I, en- I enjoyed this. I mean, uh, Jeff, I, I, we've been kind of just dancing around it, but what did you think of this one? So I, I last rewatched this um, about a month ago with a friend that had never seen Black Eye before. Hi, Heather. And, um, but I've seen this episode so many times. You, you know where there's something you're so familiar with it that, that you, know, you could pretty much car- call out all the lines in your sleep. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and, and yet I still, and there are things like, you know, I've seen Ghostbusters a million times or Star Wars or whatever, and it's, it's ceased to be entertainment. It's just part of, of narrative or whatever's going on. Uh, whereas this still cracks me up every time I see it. Um, it's, it's such a joy. This one does not get old for me. And I feel that way through most of the, most of the second season actually. And, um, and like, this is, I'm usually torn as to which episode I would pick to show somebody who's never seen Blackadder before, but I'll usually end up going with this one. Um, you, you can't go wrong with it. Hmm. Um, I, I like the, you know, the, the Shakespeare, uh, Twelfth Night, um, as you like it type, uh, uh, bit. I, I think some of the writing is the best. The, the um, bury me in a Y-shaped coffin uh, line cracks me up every single time. I know I'm a Philistine, but um, <laughs> you know it, it's just you know the, the the one you were giggling over the you know here's a bag of monies which I'm not going to give to you. Um, just and, and the, just that the, the uh, Melchit's little of course that makes it perfectly acceptable. Just the delivery of the lines, the lines themselves, like it, it just. Uh, Nursey and 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 Queenie all the way through. Like there is not a weak moment in this script. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I I love this one too. Uh, I really think it's great. Before I forget, I do want to mention. Um, I I don't think we would have gotten the crawl joke that we got in this. The one with the uh, the song titles going Hot by during that film sequence. Tights. Yes. <laughs> Uh, another sitcom moment there. That is a very Ben Elton touch now that I think about it. Oh, yes. Uh, which is probably because he started uh, being involved in the writing of this one. Yeah, that's... Uh, so is... Yeah. That's interesting to note that, I mean, you know, and, and I imagine we'll, we'll talk about him in more more detail, but um, as, as the documentaries were pointing out that, you know, you had... You know, you have uh, like the Pythons and the groups that went to uh, Cambridge and and uh, and Oxford and and you know went through Footlights and and Douglas Adams or whatever that those that were uh, very educated and came up in that kind of the you know British version of of uh, this is a horrible comparison to make but I was going to say National Lampoon you know coming up out of, out of the Harvard Lampoon and that and that sort of era. so coming up out of the fine schools and that level of of comedy as anarchic as they were. Uh, but then, on the other hand, you have uh, the early '80s and the new wave folks, of which you know Rick and uh, Rick and Aid are probably uh, you know the young ones were a fantastic example of that. And you and Ben Elton uh, is a huge, huge uh, part of that as well. So you're kind of having the melding of the two worlds here, and uh, and that's partially why I think it works so well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, as I was saying, yeah, I like this one a lot too. I was trying to decide whether um, the approach to uh, what uh, Blackadder thinks is a gay romance is better or worse than the uh, Earl of Doncaster bits in the last season uh, in terms of <laughs> being tasteful. I, I don't know. I, I think it's better uh, personally well, because he seems he seems worried but uh, eventually sort of accepting of the situation. Well, the Earl of Doncaster is—they're done as little throwaway lines, as opposed to this being really. Uh, well, no, I mean, okay, Blackadder is, is in a dress, of course, uh, in the first one, um, but yeah, I don't know. It feels like it's more central in in this one, and, which doesn't really make much sense to me. There, there obviously are in in, in both of them, but um, he's not doing it to get out of a marriage. He's—it's it, kind of the reverse situation, I guess, if that's the case. Um, I don't know. This one doesn't 
bother me, but I, I do remember before I watched it last time wondering if it was going to hold up and if I was going to be cringing uh, based on that, and I, I didn't. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that just means that I'm not enlightened and, and there are people that are watching <laughs> this that are, that are cringing now, but like I, I, I felt like at this point um, I, was, I was okay with that, and hopefully our audience is as well. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I come down on the side of, uh, of approving, I think. Um, it's also interesting that this one, you just jump right into it. Um, mm-hmm. In the original one, you, you kind of set up the character a little bit in the, the, the situation. But here it's like, yep, here's Baldrick, here's Percy, here's Blackadder. They're just doing their thing. There's no real sort of introduction to who they are, or why they're there, or anything. You just kind of get it over the course of the episode. That's true, and there's no yeah, there's no narrative. Again, they're they're not so much doing the the BBC uh, alternate history narrative anymore. So there isn't a long scroll in the beginning setting that stuff up. Uh, that's that's very true. There's no origin story, like you said, as it is, and and doing in media res, I think, is is uh, is a very very smart thing to do. I guess we don't know if this was originally intended to be the first episode of the second season or if they're like, yeah, this is the funniest. Let's just lead with this. Um, I mean, I can't think of anything that would put a different episode as the first episode of the season either. So it's, you know, um, unless there was something they cut out that might have been exposition in the beginning, but I, I can't think of what that would be. I mean, I think the fact they decided that they weren't going for a particular through line or narrative meant that that gave them a little more freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, so, you know, kudos to them on that. Um, although, obviously, they address certain things that happened during the course of... Uh, uh, well, they address a little bit of it. I mean, I guess, you know, you have the Explorer episode, obviously. And, uh, but uh, it's, it's true. It, um, it's much less of a history and much more of a sitcom, I suppose. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so far, this is my favorite of the season. <laughs> it is number one out of one. Spot on, Chris. <laughs> um, we'll we'll wrap up here in a second. Uh, but Anna, I just wanted to ask you another couple questions here, real quick. Um, one of them is, do you think that you would have, like, let's say you stumbled across the show on you know Netflix or something like that? Do you think this is the sort of thing you would have watched or no? No. <laughs> and uh, having watched this and sort of refreshed your memory. If I said, hey, let's watch another one of these, would you be interested or not interested? No, thank you. <laughs> All right. That's very honest. Okay. Um, and also kind of what I expected you to say. But uh, thank you for joining us for this one. We really appreciated having you along for the ride. Yay. Um, Yay. Especially for one that was not only a pretty good one, but also had Rick Mayall in it. So it's kind, kind of perfect that you chose this particular time to, to join us. <laughs> So uh, that is just about it for our podcast this week. If you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, the handle is uh, Starship Warlock without a podcast in the middle. Um, And the whole name, of course, is Starship Podcast Warlock. So if you wanted to email us because you're from 1999, you can do that at inbox at starshippodcastwarlock.com. And that's just about it. We will be watching a second episode of season two next time around. Until then, this has been Drew. This has been Jeff. And Anne. And this has been Starship Starship Podcast Podcast Warlock. Warlock. Uh, Warlock. (laughs) Bye, everybody.